Our God and King will bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us thank God that He is the reliance of the prophetic voice. Let us thank God for the spreading of the news. <clears throat> prophetic voice has extended to many countries since we started. Lift up your voice and thank God for all these nations that God are taking prophetic voice from England as it started in England. It has gone to Cameroon. It has gone to Nigeria. It has gone to America. It has gone to Canada. It has gone to India, all over Europe. Let's give God the praise. And the same testimony, every minister that God brings to prophetic voice, their testimony is, where have you people been? I wish I had met you before now. Because of the transforming power of God, in the midst of prophetic voice, Father, we exalt you. We magnify thee. We thank God for what you have done in prophetic voice ministers among their churches and among their ministers over the years. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. I will call Pastor Valentine to lead us in this next prayer. Pastor Valentine. Good evening, Reverend Omar. Good evening to all the PVM ministers and to everyone connected on this platform. I'd like to take my scripture from Matthew chapter 18, and I read from verses 1 to verses 4. It said, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I want us to pray this evening in the light of what we have heard so far in this conference and in the light of our daily scripture reading today in the book of Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter 6. We want to pray for not just humility, but continued humility. Lord, we lift up our voices before you this evening. We thank you so much, Lord, for all the information that we continue to receive through this ministry. We thank you, Lord God, for the way that you continue to speak to us through apostle and through your servants that you have placed under apostles' leadership. Father, we pray tonight, Lord, in line with this scripture. Father, we pray for this quality, this foundational quality, as we have heard from Dr. Akpami earlier, Lord Jesus. Father, humility is the antidote to pride. It is the, it is the antidote, Lord, to us uh, 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 receiving correction at all times. It helps us, Lord, like little children to forgive. It helps us, Lord, to not only to forgive, but also to forget. It helps us, Lord, to be pleasant. It helps us, Lord, in so many other of these characteristics that little children have. So, Father, we are asking you tonight, Lord, as one body united across the globe, Father, in so many different parts of the world, that you help us to be humble, that you help us to be humble consistently. Father, we may be humble today, but the question is, will we be humble tomorrow? Father, we may have received correction the right way today, but can we receive correction the right way tomorrow? We pray, O oh God, against every trick, every plan, everything the enemy can do, O oh Lord, to exploit us, to cause us to be prideful, to cause us to be like the Pharisees, to cause us to be self-righteous, 
Father, as we have been taught today, when we first start something, there is humility, Father. There is, there is meekness. But once we do something more and more, or the compliments come, or recognition comes, and change. Lord, it will no more be our portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray for humility. We pray for consistent humility. So, Lord, we can position ourselves to be used by you greatly in this revival to the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, tonight, my prayer point is coming from Isaiah chapter 42, verse 19. It says, Who is blind but my servant? and deaf like the messenger I sent. Who is blind like the one committed to me, blind like the servant of the Lord. And if I can quickly read also Proverbs 20 verse 12, it says, ears that hear and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. I want us to pray tonight that as servants of the Most High God, that God will give us the ears that hear. He will make our ears to be ears that hear and eyes that see. Because we need these two things to be able to fulfill our mandate. Just as our, our father in the Lord, Dr. Akmami, said this afternoon, that he, he had, you know, because he had ears that hear and eyes that see. That's what, what brought about the testimonies that he shared with us this afternoon. So we're going to pray that, Lord God, in this retreat, O oh Lord, transform our ears, O oh Lord, Father, that we may hear when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, and that the Lord will give us sight, that we will see beyond the physical. We will see what the Lord is doing in the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, Lord, we give you praise. We worship you, Lord. We magnify your holy name, eternal King of glory. We pray, O oh Lord, Father. Yes, Lord, as, as we continue in this, in this conference, O oh Lord, Father, transform our ears, O oh Lord, Father. There is nothing that is too difficult for you. Lord God, you send us, O oh Lord, equip us, Lord, with ears that hear, Lord, that we may hear what you are saying to us. Jesus was able to do miracles that he did because he saw what his father was doing. So, Lord God, we pray that we will have the eyes of Jesus so that we can see, oh Lord, what you are doing. Lord, give us the ears of Jesus, oh Lord, so that we can hear what the Father is saying in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord God Almighty, you said, ask and you shall be given. Eternal King of glory, we pray tonight. We ask you tonight, oh Lord, Father, Lord, that this conference, oh Lord, will not be in vain, oh Lord, because we will leave this conference, oh Lord, we ears that ear, oh Lord, trust Transform our ears, Lord. Father, Lord, make our eyes to see. To see, oh Lord, beyond the physical. To see, oh Lord, beyond limitation, oh Lord. Yes, Father, Lord God Almighty. So that we'll be able to complete the work that you have placed in our hands, oh Lord. In Jesus' anointed name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. I'm going to call Pastor Dapo from Nigeria to lead us next prayer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Apostle, and good evening, Mommy Hillman. Um, tonight, I'm taking my scripture from Joel chapter 2, from verses 12 to 14, and it reads, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, 
slow to hunger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind the blessing. Grain offerings and drink offering for the Lord your God. Amen. I'll read again from Psalm 85, verses 6 to 7. And it says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Tonight, I want us to pray for revival. Our Father and the Lord have been speaking to us from the beginning of the um, pandemic when we have the lockdown, that God has started the work of revival. But I realize that not everybody, not every minister, not every ministry have caught this, that we are, we are in the beginning of a revival. When Dr. Akwame was leading, I mean, ministering to us yesterday morning and was speaking about the harvest, the first thing he said we should pray for is, is for workers, hands, harvesters, for revival. So tonight I want us to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray that the heart of your people will return back to you. Father, we pray for a spiritual awakening among your people in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will revive our hearts. We pray, Lord God, especially for those who have left their first love. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus. Father, revival will break out in their heart. As many as have gone astray, Father, you will draw them back. We pray that our churches, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that the Church of Christ global will be awakened to revival in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you revive your work. Lord, revive your work. We pray, Father, revive your work in the name of Jesus. Send your revival, Lord, to our churches. Send your revival, Lord, to the heart of your children. Father, send your spirit over the church. Revive us again, Father. Send your water into our thirsty land. Father, we pray for the river of your power. We pray for the river of your spirit. Father, we pray that you will send them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Stretch out your hands over the churches, O God. Pour your spirit, pour your fire upon your churches, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord God, that where people have gone cold, where people have gone lukewarm, Father, Lord God, that you will cause your fire to burn in their heart. Father, you will revive us again. Father, you will revive us again. Father, you will revive us again. Let there be an awakening in the heart of your, of your saints on heart in the name of Jesus. Father, stretch out, stretch out your hand of mercy. Stretch out your hand of mercy. Revive us again, Lord. Revive your work in our days. Revive your work in our days. Revive your work in our days in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray tonight as ministers, Lord, that you will use us in this time and season, Lord. Lord, to spark off your fire of revival. Even where you have positioned and placed us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you will, you will rekindle your fire in the heart of your people. That revival will break loose all across the globe in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord, we pray, fill us with your Holy Spirit and with your power in the name of Jesus. Father, revive us, Lord. Father, revive us, Lord. Father, revive us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let the gospel begin to spread. Once again, like wildfires, as it were in the days of old, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray as ministers that, Lord, that we will be concerned about your coming and what we need to do before you arrive. Lord, help us, Lord, to go back. 
and be revived so that the work can be done as it should, that your name be glorified. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise tonight. We give you glory. Blessed be your name, O Lord, in Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Amen. All right. If I have opportunity to pray again, I will want us to look at First Corinthians chapter. Ahead, All right, sir. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-eight. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse fifty-eight. The Bible says, "Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not." in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Praise God. Then John 10 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. Tonight I want us to pray for every PVM minister all across the world. I want us to pray tonight because like our dad says it tonight when he was starting this prayer meeting, that PVM has spread across the globe. We have ministers in remote areas of the world. All right? We have them in Nigeria. We have them in Benin Republic. We have them in Togo. We have them in Cameroon. We have them in Ghana. We have in India, all the parts of India. Some of them cannot link up for one thing or the other, probably. In Nigeria, no light. Probably in Nigeria, no data for linking up. But these people's hearts, like Daddy said tonight, their heart is for God. You know, when I was when I was thinking of the prayer I'm going to take tonight this afternoon, I I I know that some of them that have have access to apostle, their their children's school fees are being paid through apostle. Some of them, their rents are being paid. You understand? What they are going through, but the heart of these men are for God. The heart of these men are for God. They are willing to sacrifice everything for the kingdom. So tonight, I want us to join our voices together. And I want us to pray for these ministers that nobody, they are not known anywhere. They are not looking for fame. They are not looking for money. They just want, they are just serving the Lord. Some of them are in the interiors. I'm not talking of city. They are in villages. They are in villages. Small, small churches, but they are faithful to God. I want us to pray tonight. That scripture says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I want us to pray for them tonight. Let us pray for strength. Let us pray that the Lord will strengthen these ministers. There are so many, many people. We don't even know all of them. That they just heard about the ministry, they just heard about apostle, they just heard about PVF. Some of them is only one tape of apostle they have, and that is what has been keeping them fired on all these years. I want us to pray that wherever they are, the Lord will strengthen these men and women that have that have given all they have just for the work of the kingdom. Let us pray for them. We want to pray that the Lord, the Lord will by Himself, by His Spirit, encourage them. That they will continue in the service of the Lord. We want to pray that they will find comfort. They will find solace in Christ. We want to pray that they will be assured that their labors will never be in vain. That the work they are doing, some of them are where Satan have their seats. They are among the among the devils of this world. That is where where they are ministry. That's where they are pastoring. 
Some of them have been, they have been attacked almost all the time. We want to pray that the Lord will strengthen them. The Lord will preserve them. And the Lord will encourage them in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord God, tonight we lift up all these ministers that are in the interland, in the interiors, in the villages. Lord, we are nobody we want to go, but that is where you have sent them and they have obeyed you. Father, they are doing your work. We pray that you will strengthen them. We pray that you will encourage them. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will send help to them in the name of Jesus. As many of them, O oh Lord, that, that are doing the work with their heart, Father, I pray, Lord God, that they will never be discouraged. Nothing will hinder their work, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you anoint them more and more on a daily basis. You will strengthen them, O oh Lord, more and more on a daily basis as they are confronting devils in those villages as they are confronting the occult. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will attest to their work with signs and wonders that you will do miraculous signs and wonders through these men and women that are in the interland taking the gospel further and further into the places that most people would want to go in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord God, that everything that is done in this convention, Father, you will, you, the, the same way you put your spirit over the, over the people of, I mean, over the leaders of Israel, the other two that were in the camp, Lord, that are not with Moses, you cause them to receive the same spirit. We pray, Lord God, that tonight, all that we have been going through in this convention, the same spirit, the same word, you will cause them by your spirit to receive them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and we give you glory. Blessed be your name, O Lord. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Amen. Yes, Pastor, thank you so much. We thank God for tonight. Um... You know, we have been mightily blessed by the man of God who is going to be speaking tonight, sharing with us. Now, our intention is that we'll be able to connect him and uh, through that, we can get him into, you know, putting his title and credit there, but no problem. We have been able to get him through the Zoom, as we had in the day. I listened to the recording in the day. It was very clean and good. Apart from the fact that the message is explosive, that is Dr. Akpame. I believe very much that those of you who, who listen in the morning will agree with me that that man is an anointed man of God for this season. Because God used him, I wish that some of the things he taught us in the day can be spoken in the night. Because more of you are in the evening, especially members of churches. So that you may be able to get your part in it, and then we can go home after this convention, and everybody will wake up and work on it. But for me, I'm going to speak about it again to all my viewers because it is very good for you to know where you are in the household of God before the King of Heaven. But I'm sure tonight, whatever your situation may be, open up your heart. If anyone is joining us, maybe you are not a Christian. Get ready to be saved. If you are sick, as the minister of God speaks, healing will touch you where you are. Because the evening meeting is not just for prophetic voice only. People all over the world for various needs too. Whatever your need is, tonight God will meet with you. And for you who are ministers and Christians already, workers in various churches, get ready for an unction from heaven to function from this message that you are about to hear. Because... Today is the crown of the meeting. It is my delight to introduce to you um, 
Reverend Dr. Akpame. He is the senior pastor and the general overseer of Christian Teaching Center Family Church in Zaria. Many of you have been praying for people in the northern Nigeria because of Bukwara when he started. You remember in the prophetic voice, we did some prayers for them for some time, which, you know, of course, in our local church, we continue to pray for them. And this man is planted right in the heart of that very region. And I believe that his experience and his anointing, the anointing of God upon him, will really work for every one of us. Let's welcome together with me Dr. John Appa. Doctor, you are very welcome, sir. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so very much, sir. Um, it's unquantifiable appreciating this honor that I have. We want to appreciate the, the honor we have to be on this platform. It's a global platform. And we are eternally indebted of gratitude to God Almighty for this honor and privilege. We want to thank uh, God's Apostle and Mama Omar for the great investment you've been making in the lives of ministers across the globe. Uh, our prayer is that you see your heart's desires come to pass, that all this investment will be rewarded by heaven. I also want to appreciate all those that have joined this evening's uh, meeting, trusting that God will use uh, tonight's meeting to move your ministry many steps forward. Thank you so very much. Uh, I have something on my mind I want to share tonight. It's quite simple, but I'm trusting the Lord would use it to shed light on our path as ministers and help us to align with his will and his purpose for our lives so that we'll get greater results in the work we are doing. Once again, we welcome every one of you on this platform. Uh, the text I'm going to take is going to be from Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. I'll be speaking on the need for you and I to protect our pulpits from the spirit of the age. The need to protect your pulpit from the spirit of the age. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's pray and then we'll read. Father Lord, we are totally dependent on you, on the help that comes only from the Holy Spirit. Help us, O oh God, to speak as we ought to. Grant me grace to minister as your oracle and confirm your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Colossians 2 verse 8 reads, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. The New Living Translation reads, Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from this, uh, the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Now, in the days we are living in, we would all agree 
that as ministers of the gospel, there is a need for us to place a careful watch on what comes out of our pulpit. We know that the health of our members, the health of the congregation, will be determined by what comes out of the pulpit. If we don't protect our pulpit, we may be dishing out death to our members, and there is no way they can become Christ-like if our messages do not portray the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible is saying we should beware, we should take heed, so that we are not taken captive by the philosophies of the age. The Bible calls them high-sounding nonsense that come from the thinking of this world, human thinking, and from the spiritual powers of this world. Now we're all aware that this is the postmodern age, and postmodernism has taken over almost everything. I remind you again that the philosophies that come from postmodernism are three. Number one, it's pluralism. Pluralism where they tell you there is no absolute truth. They tell you many roads lead to God, that your own ways, just one of the ways that lead to God. So when you preach things like Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, the one who place a label on you. They call you non-inclusive. And many times pastors are not bold and courageous enough to preach the word because they do not want a label to be placed on them. Pluralism is all over the place where the gospel is watered down because people want to be politically correct. Then you have individualism. Now the Bible has said in the last days men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Individualism is when self is promoted to a place where it's almost worshipped. So Individualism promotes self, promotes human ego, and man is brought to a point where God becomes his errand boy. In other words, God serves the interest of man. God runs around to do the bidding of man. Individualism, where people believe that something is only of value if it benefits them. Let's beware of individualism and then secularism where man tries to do everything to box God out. Now, for us to protect our pulpits, there are some few points I want to make. And please, I want you to give me your attention. Number one is never allow your ministry to be under a silent heaven. That is important. If your heaven is not speaking as a minister, is going to affect the effectiveness of your pulpit. Never allow your ministry to operate under a silent heaven, which means your ears must be close to the mouth of God. Your heart must be close to the heartbeat of God. You must know what God is saying as for now. Because once your heaven is silent, your pulpit becomes powerless. So whatever you can do so that nothing affects your intimacy with God Almighty, you've got to do it. Nothing affects your intimacy 
with God Almighty. You press out distractions so that you can press your way to that place of intimacy where nothing tampers with your ability to hear the signals coming from heaven. Once your pulpit becomes silent, or rather the heaven over your pulpit becomes silent, there isn't much you are saying as a man of God that is worth hearing. One of the ways to protect your pulpit against the influence of the spirit of the age is to draw near to God and be sure you are hearing what God is saying as per now. I often say that the ministry of intimacy or your call to intimacy supersedes your call to ministry. Your call to intimacy, to a close walk with God, is far more important than the service you are offering. So if anything affects your intimate walk with God, it will render your pulpit impotent, render it powerless. You don't want that to happen. And that's why, like Jesus Christ, you may need to shut down a lot of things so that you can spend time in God's presence. Let him clean your eyes. Let him clean your ears. We've got to hear what God is saying as for now. Now, I remind you there are two major emergencies in ministry. And as a minister, you don't want to be caught in any of these emergencies. An emergency situation is one that demands urgent action. You can't postpone it till another time. In ministry, there are two emergencies. Number one, if you are no more hearing God, it's an emergency. If your ability to discern what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to His church becomes obscure, you become dangerous as a minister. Because what makes you safe as a man of God is that God is leading you. You are only safe to be followed if God is the one leading you. So if God is no more speaking to you or you are no more hearing Him because of the denseness of your human spirit, all you dish out from your pulpit will be letters and the letter keys. It's an emergency. When a man of God says, for the past two weeks, I have not heard clearly the voice of the Holy Spirit. God is a speaking spirit. And if our hearts are open to him, obviously we would hear what he's saying. And in the days we are living in, we need to on a constant basis receive instruction from headquarters. God must be telling you what to do, when to do it, where to do it. Because if he doesn't, there are so many satanic traps around, we may fall into them. Blessed is the minister who hears the voice of the Lord accurately. And thank God is a prophetic voice minister's retreat. So it's expected that all of us as men and women of God would position ourselves to hear God. Not to hear God clearly is an emergency in ministry. Number two, when your vision becomes obscure and you are no longer seeing clearly where you are going to, and all you are doing is just copying what others are doing. That's a very dangerous position to be in ministry. I would not want to follow a leader who doesn't know where he's going to. Because you'll be like the blind leading the blind. So as men and women of God, one way we can protect our pulpits from the spirit of the age is to ensure that we are seeing what God is seeing. 
and we are hearing what God is saying and we are simply amplifying the voice of heaven to our congregation. You qualify to be listened to if you are listening to God Almighty. Number two. Here is the second thing that we need to do to protect our pulpits from the spirit of the age because the, 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 the attack is on. The onslaught is on. The pressure is on. Satan wants to take over our pulpits with motivational teachings, with fables, teachings from the pit of hell, doctrines of demons, and dish out poison to God's people and reproduce people that do not look like Jesus the Master. And one way we can protect our pulpits, like I said earlier on, is to draw nigh to God. Let us hear what he is saying to the church. That's apart from studying the Bible, giving ourselves to studious you know, uh, research of God's word beyond that. Our ears must be positioned to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is vitally important. The second thing we would need is to pay the price to be God's oracles. And that comes at a price. Let's pay the price to be God's oracles. First Peter chapter 4 verse 11 reads, It says, Do you have the gift of speaking? then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Now that it's an honor for God Almighty to speak through a human being because the results you get will be no different than if God himself were speaking those words. And the Bible says, as preachers, as men of God, let's speak as oracles of God. And an oracle is one who speaks as if though God himself we are speaking through him. So when an oracle speaks, he provides superhuman answers to human need. God backs him up. God confirms his words with miracle signs and wonders. His words don't fall to the ground. No, heaven is mobilized to ensure that those words come to pass. So anyone who speaks must speak as an oracle of God. I dare say that today, Preachers are many, but oracles are few. Orators are many, but oracles are few. Who is an orator? An orator is, is a good public speaker, and there is nothing wrong with that. He's someone who is good at the use of words, and the power of his words move men. People clap for him, people applaud him because of the power of his words. That's an orator. Now, as good as that is, God does not confirm the words of orators. There's a huge difference between being an orator and being an oracle of God. An oracle of God is one through whom God speaks, supplying answers to human needs, and heaven backs him up. And there is a price to pay to be an oracle of God. You know, it was said of Samuel, that none of his words fell to the ground. All came to pass. Now, part of what we celebrate in the prophetic voice ministry is the fact that God has given us an apostle that we know over the years has spoken as God's oracle and there have been lots of testimonies of God confirming his words. We need that. 
we need that. But it takes us paying the price. And part of the price we need to pay, brothers and sisters, is that we must make Jehovah God our number one audience. That this pressure to please people, to want to be in the good books of religious praise singers, wanting to be popular, wanting to make a name, wanting the limelight, that must die. Because until the flesh dies and gets out of God's way, there is no way he's going to take over and speak through us to provide answers to the needs of people. Brothers and sisters, there is a price to pay. I have found that oracles are made in God's presence, not just in Bible schools. That you take a course in homiletics or hermeneutics, as good as these are, would not necessarily translate you into an oracle. Now, take those courses, but spend time in God's presence until the desire to make a name for yourself dies. Until you acknowledge the fact that it's got to be all of Christ and none of self. That your utmost desire in life is to please God. To know God and to make him known. To know Jesus and to make him known. You know what friends? Today many of us are pursuing the agenda of wanting to be known. It's not Jesus anymore that we are projecting itself. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. But for many of us ministers, our heart's desire is that people will know us, know our names. And if that's what you pursue in life, you can never be God's oracle. Because it takes a very designing person to be able to differentiate the man God uses and the man that attempts to use God. One of my deacons was leading a prayer meeting many years ago where to start the Sunday service and he was leading the prayer and he had, he had a slip of tongue. He said, brothers and sisters, let us pray today for the God man will use. Now, he had wanted to say, let us pray for the man God will use. But he said, let's pray today for the God man will use. Now, even though it was a slip of tongue, there was a lot of sense in what he was saying. Because in many circles, the God they know today is the God man uses. God that has become the errand boy of people, errand boy of even sinners, do you know that arm robbers come to church today to receive prophetic blessings? Do you know that prostitutes bring anointing oil to the church for blessings so that God will prosper their business? Years back, a lady came to me and she said, Man of God, I believe so much in your ministry. I know God has used you to touch so many lives and I know if you pray for me, God is going to bless my business. According to her, she said, her money had been tied up in so many places. And she believed that if I prayed, God will use me to release her money that people were uh, keeping back. So as I got up to pray for her, I decided to ask her, please, what business are you doing? 
She said, I shouldn't worry that she knows I'm a very busy man. I should just pray for her and bless her. She knew God was going to hear me. As I stretched forth my hand to touch her, I got a restraint in my spirit. So I asked her again, please tell me, what business are you doing? And then she stammered a little bit and said she was involved in drug trafficking. She was a drug baron, a big one. And she had huge sums of money tied up in different places because people were owing her. They had not paid back. Now, here was a drug baron coming to a man of God, wanting to receive prophetic blessings for her business to prosper. That's the kind of world we are living in. Is the age that has come upon us. People have turned God into an errand boy that they can send to go and bring breakthroughs for them, bring healings to them, bring restoration of their uh, failing businesses. As much as God loves us and desires to meet our needs, he remains the sovereign Lord of the universe. He's not anybody's errand boy. He's Lord of the universe. And we've got to recognize that. So brothers and sisters, as oracles of God, spend time in his presence. That is where I know people learn the fear of God. It's not easy to teach you the fear of God. But there are some encounters you have in God's presence. When you come out of there, you will never exaggerate behind the pulpit. You will never want to polish your messages with lies or preach philosophies of men, the psychology of men laced with the scripture. You will not do that. There are certain things you see in God that the dread of God, the fear of God comes on you and there are some things you will never say behind the pulpit. Today there are so many religious parrots that climb up the pulpit saying things that they hear others say, things that are not real in their own lives. And I tell you something, friend, there is no way God can confirm such things. I say this with all humility. But beyond great preachers, we need people today whose lives preach great sermons. Not just great preachers that bamboozle people with their oratory skills. No. One will look at your life and see your life preach Jesus. And that can only happen if you spend time in God's presence. There he's going to point at things in your life that have got to be crucified. Things that must be cut off. Things that you must do away with. Because members of your church may be afraid of saying these things to you, but God obviously is not afraid of you. He will point at things that you must knock out of your life. If you want to see the manifestation of his power in food, in your life, let's go back to our inner chambers. That is where oracles are made. Number three, how do we protect our pulpit? Number three, Let's preach Christ, not self. Let's be determined that is Jesus would exalt, is the cross would exalt, not self. I am tired of this gospel of self-promotion where people boost their ego. They take advantage of the platform God has given to them to promote their names, to promote their ego. It makes me sick. I'm not surprised that we are not seeing much of God's power demonstrated. 
because God confirms his word. He doesn't confirm fables. And God doesn't polish anybody's ego. No, he doesn't. So let's preach Christ. Now here is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. He said, For I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I like that. Paul said, I determine not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Well, you notice Paul said it took determination because there is a lot of pressure out there to be distracted to get you involved in things that are immaterial, promoting things that are of no consequence, things that heaven considers insignificant. Paul said, no, I will not succumb to that. I am determined to know nothing amongst you except Jesus and him crucified. Today I go amongst friends, fellow ministers, that want to tell me about the latest model of car they bought, I want to thank God for that, but I'm not too concerned about that. They want to tell you the cost of their suits, mundane things that are totally insignificant. I heard of one minister, it's a son of mine, a minister that told me, that bought a shoe of $1,000. Not that he could afford it, $1,000. He couldn't afford it, but he went and bought it because he had been invited for a program. And he felt if he went to that program with th those kind of shoes, it would jack up his honorarium. But when people saw the, 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 the cost of his shoes, they will increase his honorarium. Now, those are the kind of mundane things people are involved in today. Paul said, I am determined not to know anything amongst you. Thank God for the size of your choir. We give God praise for that. Thank God for the expensive instruments you are using. We give God glory for that. But I will not want to waste my time on such useless things. Paul said, I have made up my mind. I am determined. All I want is Christ. So if you want to share things with me, share revelations of Jesus. Share your encounters with Jesus. Share those things heaven revealed to you that are relevant for now. That eternal things are more important than temporal things. It takes a lot of determination. Can I say this with a lot of respect for all ministers listening to me tonight? Let us do away with this gospel of self-promotion. Let's do away with it. That people want to flout their images around, throw their weights around. I read to you in the morning where Paul said, He that plants is nothing. He that waters is nothing. It's Jesus that is everything. So the size of your church doesn't make you anything. It's grace that made it happen. That power flows through you. Blind eyes are open. Deaf ears are unstopped. Doesn't make you anything. It's grace that makes it happen. And always God's glory must go back to where the grace came from. The glory must always go back to where the grace came from. The glory shouldn't go to us because we are planters, we are waterers. But it's the God that gives the increase, 
that backs up his word to produce results. He's the one that deserves the glory. So let's do away with fables. Do away this, with this gospel of self-promotion. Because fables are sweet to the ears. You know, Paul said in Second Timothy chapter 4, maybe I should read that portion of scripture. Second Timothy chapter 4, from verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And here's what he says. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Hear this. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Now hear this now. For the time will come, and I'm sure it will be right to say, the time has come, when they, the people, will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, and be turned aside to fables. So there will be a deliberate attempt to turn ministers into preachers of fables. Fables are sweet stories, philosophies of men, psychology, lays with scriptures here and there. Now as sweet as fables are, fables will get people excited will hype them up, motivate them. As good as fables are, God does not back fables with results. He doesn't confirm fables with signs and wonders. It's the truth that sets free. It's the word that sets free. So if we want liberty and freedom to flow in our churches, we must be determined that with the help of God, we would preach the word, we would rebuke, would convince, would preach what we know is the undiluted word of God. That provides God the opportunity of backing up his words with signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm trusting the God of heaven that before Jesus burst through the virgin sky, would record astonishing miracles in our churches, such as have not been seen for decades, for centuries. That people will walk into our churches. Just the presence of God alone in our churches. Amazing things will happen. Blind eyes. In fact, congenital deformities will be healed instantly. Limbs will shoot out. Deaf ears will come on stop. These things will happen commonly. They will have commonplace in our midst. But brothers and sisters, it's the word that makes it happen, not just fables. God didn't raise you up as a man of God to scratch itching ears and make people feel happy. No. Let's preach the word. In the few years I've spent in ministry, I have found that if your goal in ministry is to please people, you end up pleasing Satan. If your aim in ministry is to make people happy. Now I'm not saying we should, we should say things unkind uh, words to depress them or to send them into a state of 
of, of depression. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there are times before God can help people, he may need to offend them. If God has not offended your intelligence before, then you have not had him. So let's preach the word. Preach the word, not fables. Not, not what is, is preached in so many places. The watered down gospel that, that heaven has no opportunity of confirming with miracle signs and wonders. I just pray you understand what I'm saying. Because there will be no absence of teachers. The Bible says they will heap up teachers in these last days. So there will be preachers all over the place. But I say it again, preachers are many, but oracles are few. But you must pay the price. The price to be God's oracle. To walk in the fear of the Lord. Not to add to what he has said. Not to subtract from what he has said. To stick to what you see in his word. Not bringing in some watered-down explanations. Telling us what Greek version or Hebrew version, just to water down the, 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 the gospel and make it, you know, uh, appealing to, to, to uh, our debased age. We do not want that to happen. The next thing I want to say is this. Your goal as a minister of the gospel is to know Christ and to make him known. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your born servants, for Jesus' sake. So once again, your goal as a man of God is to make God your number one audience. You are out to please Him. You are out to do His will, to do His bidding. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves as bond servants for Jesus' sake. We are his bond servants. You know one thing, Paul introduced himself in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1. He said, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, I don't know how many of you ministers there would want to be introduced as the prisoner of Christ Jesus. A lot of people will feel insulted if you introduce them as prisoners of their calling or prisoners of Christ Jesus. But my heart's desire is that a lot of GOs out, out there, a lot of presidents and founders, a lot of archbishops there, out there, will be willing to have people introduce them as prisoners of Christ Jesus. Those who have lost their liberty to God Almighty, they've lost their freedom. They are now prisoners of their calling. They only go when God tells them to go. They sit when he tells them to sit. They have handed over their freedom and liberty to God Almighty. Prisoners of the Lord Jesus. We need to introduce ourselves the more as prisoners of the Lord Jesus, constrained by his calling upon our lives, where nobody takes liberty anymore to outgrow divine instructions. That God cannot tell you what to do anymore. You've come of age, you can decide what to do and decide on God's behalf what to do. A lot of people today don't wait to take instructions from God because they believe they know what to do. And even when God speaks to them, it doesn't make sense. 
They decide to do what they believe is good in their own eyes. But I remind you again, you can be doing God's work, be laboring in God's vineyard, doing God's work and not be doing his will. There is a big difference between doing the work of God and doing the will of God. You can be doing the work of God and not be doing his will. And God is not going to reward you just because you are doing his work. He will reward you because you are doing his will. Every man's work will be tested by fire. We all know that. Paul said, I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure you ministers out there can say the same thing. I've lost my freedom to Jesus. I am a prisoner of the Lord Jesus. And there is no ego about being a prisoner. There is no pride about being a prisoner. There is nothing to polish about being a prisoner. No. You've exalted Jesus to his rightful position and taking your back seat so that Jesus will be Lord of his church. And I tell you, when Jesus is Lord of his church, great and mighty things happen. As I begin to wrap up, remember we are talking about the need to protect our pulpits. There is something I have found that hinders the flow of God's power. That hinders the flow of God's power from our pulpits. It's in Amos chapter 6, verse 13. Sincerely speaking, if God will help us to handle this matter, there is no telling the kind of power that will explode in our ministries. In Amos chapter 6, verse 13. Here is what the Lord said. The Amplified Version. He said, You who self-confidently rejoice in Lodiba, nothing, who say, have we not by our own strength taken Kanim strength for ourselves? Now God was talking to the children of Israel. He wasn't happy with them because they were boasting in the fact that they had confidently conquered Lodiba. Now Lodiba means nothing. They were rejoicing in Lodiba. Rejoicing over nothing. Please let me get your attention. The Lord was provoked in anger because his people were rejoicing, priding themselves over what God considers as nothing. Something insignificant. Something of no value. That was what they were boasting about. I have found that this is one of the greatest hindrances to revival. It's the greatest, one of the greatest hindrances to the move of God in his church. The church rejoicing over Lodiba, over nothing, insignificant things, mundane things, things that have no eternal value, things that heaven considers as abominable. And yet the church is priding itself in such things. It hinders the move of God. When we exalt personalities, exalt human beings, exalt mundane temporal things at the expense of eternal things, it grieves the heart of the Holy Spirit. Let's not rejoice over Lodiba. Let's not rejoice over insignificant things. Things that God considers as mundane. I'll give you an example. One of my ministers attended a program. 
and the car he used to go to that program was not a very uh, expensive car. Although he was a highly placed official in that city, he didn't go to that meeting in a Porsche car. So when he came out of the car, the ushers refused to usher him to the, his seat, the seat that he rightfully should have sat on. They felt he didn't come in a dignified manner. So they judged him based on the type of car he rode to that meeting. And other ministers came that were far below him in ranking in that city. And because they came in their posh cars, they ushered them to some dignified seats. To me, that is the church rejoicing over Lodiba. Insignificant things. One program I was supposed to officiate in, a very big meeting. Lots of people were there, former heads of state and stuff like that. And a lady approached me and saw where they gave me to sit and said, man of God, you shouldn't sit here because you are not a bishop. I said, fine, where am I supposed to sit? Because uh, the anointing upon my life will not be affected by whatever seat you give to me. So where do you want me to sit? So she took me to a seat behind. And I went there. So other people came and told her, don't you know this man of God? He has a role to play in this program. She insisted, no, that he's not a bishop. <laughs> but eventually they brought me back to the seat where I was supposed to sit. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with bearing that title. But if you want to judge a man's grace, a man's anointing on such mundane things, it is rejoicing over insignificant things, rejoicing over Lodiba. And there is no way we would see God's power flow when we exalt mundane things. God has reminded me over and over that for him to empower me in full, he has got to first conquer me. The man God has not conquered in full, he will not empower in full. We must empty ourselves of self so that Jesus can be Lord over our lives. It's dangerous for you, man of God, to be the Lord of your own life. It's something you cannot handle. It's dangerous for you to be the Lord of your life or to attempt to be the Lord over God's church. Let Jesus be exalted. Let him take over his place. Let him be the Lord. We are born servants. We are prisoners of his calling upon our lives. And as we are exalting, I can guarantee you we are going to see an explosion of God's grace and power flow in our churches. Let us not rejoice over insignificant things. People today are interested in the cost of your suit. Interested in where you go for shopping, whether it's Dubai or London or where. Such mundane things. Can't we come to a place like Apostle Paul said, I will share with you the revelations I had, how God took me to the third heaven. Those are the kind of things we want to hear. Not tell me how much you know <laughs> uh, you, you paid for 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 that microphone that you are using in your church. The Lord help us. I want to wrap up now.
I want to wrap up. And I want to just raise two prayer points. Here is the first one. Father, if I have derailed from your original plan for my life, bring me back on course. Father, if I have derailed from your original plan for my life, bring me back on course. Let's take one minute and pray that prayer. Please lift up your voices. Lord, if I have derailed from your original plan for my life, bring me back on course. And if I'm on course, empower me to continue. Let me keep pressing forward until I apprehend that for which Jesus apprehended me. Deliver me from distractions. Let me not get involved in unimportant things so that I will have time to do the important things. Lord, bring me back on course. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Here is the second prayer point. Lord, let your mercy prevail over any fatal mistake or error I have committed in the pursuit of my mandate. We can all fall into the trap of making mistakes. We need God's mercy. Some are starters, but they are not good finishers. Some start with their focus on Jesus. After a while, they get distracted. We need mercy. Lord, let your mercy prevail over any fatal mistake or error I have committed in the pursuit of my mandate. I'm sure it wasn't intentional. Maybe we yielded to voices other than the voice of the Holy Spirit or yielded to pressure, pressure from religious praise singers who wanted us to make it fast, to make a name, and we delve into things we shouldn't have delved into. Lord, let your mercy speak. Can we lift up our voices and pray for a minute? Let's pray. Lord, have mercy. Let your mercy help us overcome our past mistakes. Take us beyond our past mistakes, O God. Whatever we have done in error, let your mercy speak for us. In the pursuit of our mandate, Lord, if we've exalted self in the place of Christ, we repent today. Lord, have mercy. Take your place in our lives and take your rightful place in your church. And as you do, Lord, magnify our callings before men. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for you. I ask the Lord will bless your ministries. Will bless your callings. That God will exalt and promote your callings wherever he has placed you. That you would magnify your callings before men and establish you in honor. That your ministry will have proofs. Undeniable proofs of your calling. I pray that there will be results in your ministry. That as you speak as God's oracle, he will back up your words with signs, wonders, and miracles. I pray that God will send all the help, all the assistance you need in ministry. You will not lack for genuine helpers. That those that will help raise your weary hands, God will supply them. And all you need in terms of resources will come forth from the storehouse of heaven. I pray that God will clothe your ministry with uncommon favor. That wherever you are, everything you need to succeed will be attracted by God's favor. 
I believe you will succeed in ministry. You will not fail. God's call upon your life is a proof that you can make it. Now, the times may be rough. The terrain may be tough. But anytime God supplies purpose or where he gives purpose, he supplies grace. The grace of God will announce your calling and announce your ministry. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hold your hands together for the Lord. Let's just pray for uh, Dr. Apam that the Lord will strengthen him more and more. In that city that he is, that the Lord will bring many Muslims to the knowledge of Christ because of the labor he had labored there over the years. Begin to pray as I'm speaking. Father of whole, continue to strengthen your son. He has been a blessing to us, Lord. We pronounce your blessing upon him. For all the years that he had labored in the city of Zaria, Father Lord of God, to which we have called him and appointed him, Father, we ask, O oh God, you will give him the treasures of darkness. Those who are treasures of darkness, as Lord, now, after this conference, we want to see restoration. I want to see salvation of people who are treasures of darkness. People who your world has touched all the years will begin to come to him. The Nicodemuses of that city, of that nation, that from Zaria, his voice will capture the whole of the state. Let us ask God that as he has captured his seed, so harvest shall begin to come. Harvest shall begin to come in a dimension that eyes have never seen. Oh, sovereign Lord, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand and I will make all thy enemies the footstool of thy feet. Sovereign Lord, those that the enemy has raised against him, bring them to become fools too, that they will serve under him. People that the devil has raised against him arrest their hearts. Let them come in repentance. Lord, as we finish this conference, this is the month of July. As he enters the month of August, let this be. Lord, those who are treasures in the hands of Satan over that city, they will begin to receive the revelation of Christ and Father, you will direct them to your son. They will become his full soldiers who will take the gospel to the heartland of Islam. That place is a gateway. So Lord, we thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. Lord, you know, your son is located in a place where the devil dwells. A city where many people are there for ancient times who are principalities in the hands of Satan. A place that is a landmark, not only spiritually, but the military of Nigeria 
That is where all the creeds of their authorities were trained. So it is a landmark. Mambo Sakrade Doshki Paraliden de Sadada. It has given birth to rulers of the nation. And you place your son there. Lord, we ask you, as he had opened his heart up and spoken the word, your word to us, that our life be transformed into your likeness. Lord, we ask you that from the month of August, it will begin to reap harvests of principalities. Amen. It will begin to reap harvests of treasures of darkness. Amen. People in the nation that nobody will believe they will never be born again. Lord Jesus, you will appear to them. They will receive you. You will direct them to this man. Lord, testimonies will be given concerning that which I see and I say now. Both in the top hierarchies of military and in the top hierarchies of the government. Both spiritual governments, the government of Islam, and the government of the, of the nation, as that city has given birth to rulers, Lord, the ministry of your son will begin to capture the heart of those rulers and bring them as treasures into your kingdom. Amen. They will look for him. Amen. They will find him. By the power of your Holy Spirit, the mighty army shall arise through him. By the power of the Holy Spirit, who will take territories for the Lord and spread over the nation of Nigeria. In the nation of Nigeria, may your voice be heard to the end of the nation. Every boundary of Nigeria will begin to hear your voice. The Bible says Jesus returned the power of the Holy Ghost, the news of his spread. It's by angels. In Zaria, from Zaria, your voice shall be heard in Kano. It shall be heard in It shall be heard in Yola. It shall be heard in Lagos. It shall be heard in Ogunsi. It shall be heard in Cross Rivers. It shall be heard in the Eastern Region. Every nation, every city, every city, every nation that formed Nigeria shall hear the voice of God through you. It will strike like thunder. It will pierce the heart of man. And bring them to their knees of repentance before the living God. They blow by your toes, can die. A miracle that will fly over the nation will happen with you. Amen. Thank you, The mercy of God continue to be upon you. Amen. Upon your wife, upon your children, your grandchildren, Amen. and the church of the living God under your child. Amen. Father, we bless your holy name. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. amen. I want to say to every one of us, you know, God said so many things. I've written down quite a lot. But I can say to you this, one of the things that God spoke to him, the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, it encapsulates all. As a fellow prisoner for the Lord, if you have not submitted totally to the Lord today, as a prisoner of Him, so that you lose your passion for life, and your passion becomes His passion, and you lose your will, and your will becomes His will, you lose your movement, so that you don't just jive about, unless He tells you to go, 
No more wasting of time. No more wasting of ministry time. No more going from pulpit to pulpit looking for a place to preach. If that is you, if you look for places to preach, God is not there. Unless He sends you. When He sends you, the people will call for you. Listen to me. We all will decide today that you will totally surrender yourself as prisoner unto the Lord. And of course, as prisoner to the Lord, he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling. There is a life worthy of calling. A life of, of, that is worthy of calling. A life that brings respect and honor to God. A life that does not disgrace the office God has given you. And I implore you all to take this into your heart. By the grace of God, tomorrow we'll be going into prophetic. You know how to operate. While, while uh, um, a doctor was speaking, you know what came to my spirit is who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And that is the message of tomorrow. Tomorrow Amen. night. Amen. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? And we're going to explore that. We'll look at the ministry of angels. We'll look at the ministry of, of, of prophetic in the operations that God has given to us. I'm sure that the Lord has blessed you so much. Too many things. Books have been written since the Lord started with us on Monday. And this is not going to be the last time. And um, by the grace of God, when COVID is over, uh, Dr. Akpame will be coming down physically. Amen. I want to thank every one of you who have attended this um, conference. And I want to say to you, may the Lord continue to bless you. Let me just ask from Pastor Anibaba. Can you just give us uh, a little brief about our operations in Greece, they made the conference in Greece coming this year also, you know, the door got open to us, to the Greek Orthodox Church. Thank yeah. you, sir. Yeah, we thank God for what God is doing in Greece. As a matter of fact, uh, the PVM operation in Greece is God's doing. Why? I lived in Greece for more than 20 years. And I know how hard it happened. The Greeks are. They don't want to hear anything apart from Orthodox. How it is only God that can break the heart and the, the Greek ground, which he has done for us. And uh, since the time we started PDM in Greece, there had been no uh, opposition, so to say. There has been no opposition, either from Greeks themselves or from the, 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 the blacks there. In fact, we have been received and well accepted there. Um, I call them every day, almost every, at least once in a week. And uh, even in our absence, the meetings are going on well and they are getting ready. I spoke with Pastor Akoda today after the meeting. I, I know that he was in the meeting this morning. And uh, to go and uh, inquire from the hotel if they will allow us uh, to have a meeting there this year and how much they will take so that I can know what to do when going very soon. But what I want to bring out here, uh, I'm really very, very happy uh, because of the doors that God has opened through the Archbishop of Greece, Yerasimo. I spoke with his uh, uh, Office, one of the officials in the office uh, on Monday. 
asking him because since I couldn't go to Greece because of uh, COVID-19, I spoke to him if they received what I posted to them. He said he said he received them, but he said to me that they they are waiting, they are looking forward to seeing us. So um, I'm really very very delighted and happy to tell you this, especially Daddy and. Uh, I know you have toiled in Greece over the years. Uh, we were told that in one of the villages, you are, when you were preaching the gospel, you were arrested. We didn't know this, <laughs> that you were arrested. The man knows you. So we thank God for what God is doing in Greece. I believe, and, and, and Thessaloniki, um, when I get there now, by the grace of God, I'll be going to Thessaloniki briefly before I come back to our things. And the door to Thessaloniki has been opened for us as well. Um, I want to let everybody know. If, I don't know if Daddy will permit us to do this. We be we. I want us to go to Veria, Veria that the Bible mentioned, and the Philippi, the Philippians. Those are the areas that are very very close to Greece. So I want anyone, every one of us, to prepare. If you have not been coming with us. Please make it uh, a date to come with us this time. And as we do so, God will bless you. Thank you, Daddy. Well, um, I want to say to us that, you know, the testimony of Greece has a lot of faces to it. Because Pastor has been in Greece for many years before God brought him to England. And the Greek people, the position that Paul met them on his First missionary journey, that is where they are now. Yes. yes. Because almost everywhere, almost every junction in Greece, you will see a shrine. Yes. And you know, the Greek Orthodox Church has been so grounded that it looks impermeable. When I first went to Greece, I was arrested by police for baptizing somebody who got saved. Somebody got saved right by the river and I took him straight to the water and I baptized him by immersion. As he came out of the water, the police went, wham, wham, wham. I was arrested. But God connected us to the Archbishop of Greece at the time. His name was Theophilus. And my name is Theophilus. <laughs> and when I came to the village called Galaxidi in Fokida province, I visited the Greek Orthodox Church there and the priest there a day before. Just like Paul went from place to place and went to the temple, identified with them and bought them, bring them the gospel of Christ. It was because of that man's name. I mentioned that, you know, I was with you, I was with your priest and I'm a friend of your fellows. The, the police said, oh, so you, you know, I said, phone him now and tell him his friend you have arrested. He said, okay, you can go, you can go. Because unless the Greek Orthodox Church give a license, no one can baptize. And God broke that. But look at now, the man who succeeded him, who is the head of Greek Orthodox Church Global, is the one now that we are going to meet in October. You know why? What the importance of that? I believe very much that if Paul was on earth, he will be going to places that they call temples of God. And he will be getting Jesus to them. And I believe that our work in Greece has just started with this door that is open to us. But keep on praying in the month of October. Those of you who want to go, you know, make yourself known to Pastor uh, Anibaba so that we can go together. 
I believe that at that time, our COVID barrier will have been totally destroyed. By, by our prayers, COVID will not last more than next month. Amen. We are going to pray COVID to death. Every boundary of, of, of countries to be totally opened. That second wave they are talking about, it will not happen in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every one of you must take this as a duty to pray. You remember what Pastor Kwame said. We are the oracle of God in our cities. Whatever we permit is what we is permitted. Whatever we do not permit will not happen. So we thank God for what God has done in Greece. Pastor Dapo, can you just give us a brief about the operations in Nigeria and to the Republic? Go ahead. Yeah, praise the Lord. Um, good evening once again. We want to thank God for what God is doing in PVM in Nigeria and PVM in Africa. Um, the lockdown that we had disrupted a bit the activities of PVM because people are just, I mean, everybody were just shut down. But in, in, in the midst of it, um, we have, for example, Togo PVM commenced two months ago. There have been ministers in Togo that have been communicating with us in Nigeria when they heard about the PVM and um, they have tapes of apostles they've watched the have, we have given them the the YouTube link that they followed and they were so eager that we really have them to just start having meetings among themselves praying and watching the tapes and everything and now that things are getting settled down there are people that came to Pastor Terry and that we intend when things are settled to go to Togo and see them before Apostle will come. At the same time in Benin Republic, the ministers there, they've started gathering together to have PVN and they too are growing and they are following the meetings and everything. Then in Nigeria, we have the Lagos PVM, the Abuja PVM, working on. And in Cameroon, it's been a while that we communicated with them, but I know by the grace of God that they will be doing fine. So as God is helping us, we continue to pray for all these ministers. And like I said, when we are praying the other time, there are so many of them that are in the interland, the villages. Sometimes we, could not reach, we cannot reach them. Even some of the villages there, no network. So it's by the grace of God, once in a while, when they move out of those places, they, they make a call and we're able to talk with them. But we give the glory to God. God is faithful. God is doing his work. And we believe that in a time and season like this, that the gospel, I mean, people, truth are not being preached again, like we are told tonight. But when we still have I mean, remnants of God in our own time that still speak the truth, teach, preaches the truth, and we just need to promote it. And as we continue to do that, those that have been corrupted, when they hear the truth, the power in the word of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God can turn their hearts. Because the, the plans of God is that all men should be saved. And reason for Jesus giving gift to ministers is so as to reach out to men. Praise God. So we continue to pray for PVN, and I'm sure that when um, 
Apostle will come this year. We pray that the airports will be open. Then the PZM can gather again and we are all looking forward to that is coming. Amen. We have extended to Ibadan. Isn't it an Iwo? Yes, we have Ibadan. We have Iwo. Those ones, they, they, are, they have started meeting since last year. Yeah. We have extended to those places, yes. Then the Jebode too. We, we have extended yeah. to Jebode now. We have Jebode functioning. Good. Amen. Yes, sir. Good. May the Lord continue to strengthen and bless you all. Amen. Amen. Shall we just give God praise together? Let's thank God for all of today. Our God and King, we bless your name for all that you have done today. May your mercy never depart from us. May you enable us more and more, O oh God, by the word that we have heard, that our lives be transformed, even the lives of every member of our churches, that the enemy will not be able to steal that which you have planted in us, but it will stir up our spirit man and will walk within us until all the intention of your heart be accomplished and be fulfilled in all our lives. This we ask you, Lord, and thank you. You have done it as we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen and amen.